Episode 24. Here Boom. we are. We're making bad decisions early in our 20s. We are. And early in the day, so to speak. Well, yeah. This is one of the earliest episodes we've ever done. The earliest. And it is. we're back to doing multiple beverages. Can I get you another glass of hard liquor? No, I'm good. Before we dive into that, <laughs> uh, we got a special guest on today. Returning yeah. for the second time, young Charles Spencer. How's it going, guys? Thank you for joining us. Cheers. Cheers to that. Yep. Um, we got a jam-packed episode today, as per usual. Been working hard, did a little production meeting. We're, you know, we're trying to make it easier for you to listen to. It is. Not so much a hodgepodge, if you will. Easier than just hit and play. Correct. Um, we got an exciting lineup of alcohol. Um, an exciting lineup of people. We're going to, yes. <laughs> we're going to start with the, uh, <laughs> we're going to start with the finest and then move down a little bit. Uh, not, yeah. they're all very. So we're going to start lighter and get darker? No. No. <laughs> we're going to start with the blackest and then go down to the greenest. Okay. <laughs> uh, so the first thing we're trying today is uh, the brand new release from Broken Strings. Our humble home of the podcast um, is the new Sugared Stout Gang, which is the fourth of the, the line. Yeah, let's, the, let's keep the fruity ones on opposite sides of the spectrum, please. Yeah. I'm not trying to go strawberry, lemon, peanut butter. <laughs> God, it's not peanut butter. How many times I What'd you put on the rim of the glass then? There's no peanut butter. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> it's, uh, this is the chocolate strawberry. Okay. Uh, obviously, with uh, broken strings, we use a lot of bit of uh, lactose, which is why my glass is a lot shorter than all yours, yeah. because I have to get on a plane Tell and your try not that. to poop for eight hours. <laughs> try not to poop at 35,000 feet. <laughs> yeah. You know, we get sucked in and sucked out of the plane. You know what's the worst part is when you pause that movie for long enough on a plane, it restarts. Oh, and there is nothing like trying to use that shitty little touchscreen on the back of someone else's head. Yeah. But they do have um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on the flight. So oh, that's half of my flight right there. There you go. Um, what I really like about this release. Well, it's, no, don't, don't jump so quick. Where are you going? I'm going to England. Okay. For how long? A week. A week. All right. So we're only going to be on hiatus for one week. Not even. Well, I mean, I've got some poor decisions I got to make next week, like without Dustin, which is actually really difficult to do. <laughs> like, I've got to, ma- I've got to make my own poor decisions, and then like nobody to corroborate that this is going to be a good idea as it, as it's going on. How do we make poor life choices without this guy over here to support us? I'm yeah. the married one. How is this possible? And she says we're the bad influences on I, you. That is the biggest misconception. I know. In the history if of I have not been downtown till two a.m. more times because of you rather than with you. God, I'd you know be a what it is? It's like you, like it takes you about eighteen to twenty minutes of conversation. That's a precise number. Yeah. Um, to get me to go downtown, but once I go downtown, it's a rabbit hole. You're like, hey, let's go for a drink. Yeah. And then two two it's, shotguns it's, of a six point resin later, and it's like, oh well. It's like taking the ankle weights off and being like, yo, man, you you want to go for a little jog? And boom, he's gone. Yep. Yeah. I'm the worst. Yep. Anyway. Uh, I am excited, really, to get back onto the to- uh, subject. Um, let's 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 not glaze over this real I'm not, quick. I'm going to get back even, to this. We I, we I'm just started segwaying. saying we're introducing all the beverages tonight. You're like, we'll get back to the beverages. Well, speaking of beverages, in Winchester, there's a newer brewery that I haven't had a chance to go to. Okay. Uh, in the town of Winchester in England. All right. Um, called Red Cat. Oh. And I'm going to try to bring us back one of their imperial stouts that they have. It looks pretty awesome. And the best part about Winchester is this brewery is only a couple years old. But their freaking building is probably like 400 years old. I like which that. Which makes it cooler. Um, well, like, remember that one place that know, we low, heard about? Low ceilings and yeah, uh, like stone. Just, <laughs> yeah, like little narrow doorways where you can't fit anything actually through it. And Oh, you can yeah. fit through them. If I could do it, anyone Dude. can. Um, oh, something else to bring out that's very interesting to bring up to our group. Two things. Number one, New Belgium sold out. 
Yeah, they sold to Kieran. Yes, they sold to Kieran. And, but I was also going to say, that reminds me of that old brewery that was very interesting. Remember, we heard about one of the oldest breweries in Belgium, how they're so old that they just literally leave open barrels of beer upstairs. And it's so moldy, and the temperature and everything just blows in all kinds, of, so, yeah. all kinds of shit through the air and through the windows, that it's one of the only places that they just leave uncovered barrels of beer to culture in the air on their own. That, yeah, there's actually the a place few, is such like it's a monastery. Or there are a bunch of them. Yeah, it's a monastery, and that's originally how they they started. Like you couldn't keep. I just those wanted in, to get that on the podcast. Yeah, it you could you you back then when yeah. they started brewing beer, it was all done in monasteries, mm-hmm. and it was to help raise money for the monastery itself. Yeah, because people weren't giving that ten percent. Yeah, cheap fuckers. Um, but there was no way to monitor. And filter out these impurities and stuff like that. So it just worked out real well for them. The beer tastes really good. And the temperature is really what boils down to. No point intended. No pun intended. But um, yeah, it's pretty cool. But um, back to the beer that we have here. This chocolate strawberry, the, the one thing I really like about it is you get that intense chocolate up front. It's almost like dark chocolate. And yeah. then you get the sweet strawberry. But it's so, I don't know the word for puree ish it's really good i mean i know it was fresh puree you're, well you're talking about the the texture yeah okay so it tastes like to me it tastes perfect like you just melted chocolate and strawberries together um and then you know the 12 percent alcohol by volume oh wow really takes it home yeah 12 percent, huh yeah yeah my god this is now, good this is definitely a first date kind of beer then yes. oh my god so, maybe not for you but valentine's day date. is tomorrow everybody yeah if you guys need to get hammered on some chocolate strawberry beer and then pound away, this is it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, That's a romantic way to put it. Go Valentine's Day. Just Christ. saying. Strawberries that pound away. <laughs> we got another one here. It's called it's the a- French Toast and Coffee, please. Oh. I'm trying to find out what the ABV well, on this is. Well, you look that up. Real quick, I just wanted to mention an interesting fact that a bar regular told me last night. Huh. Do you know that Glenn Fittich owns Balvini? Yep. And Hendrix? Yes. Yep. I went to a, I actually went nuts. to a blind tasting. Balvini 14-year-old actually uh, is one of the first uh, productions to outsell its uh, 12-year-old Doublewood. The Caribbean cask actually sells more units than their uh, original 12-year-old Doublewood. I believe it. Well, most of the time when you deal with like an alcohol production, the original sells way more than any other offshoot that they have. But the, the 14-year-old Caribbean cask did way better than yeah. the Doublewood did. Interesting. So... And honestly, I like that a lot because Dustin and I got into a bottle of the uh, Caribbean cask Basil Hayden a little while ago. That is nice. I realized bourbon instead of scotch, but no, it was still phenomenal, man. I think Caribbean casks are kind of taking over a little bit. Everyone's seeing all the caramelization that's in those barrels up for grabs. Well, everybody wants a little bit of that extra sweetness for not the extra price. Yeah. Um, Actually, when I did the, the tasting with them, they do a blind tasting. So they'll, uh, they'll have you come in. And they'll put the, the whiskeys on different uh, numbers on the sheets. Yeah. I love the good blind tasting. And so it's, we had, I think, almost 13 different liquors in front of us. And we're supposed to be tasting each one of them and trying to figure out which one matches up with, like, so I've got a Glenfiddich 21-year-old or I've got a Glenfiddich rum cask or whatever uh, yeah. different thing going on. And they basically gave you a sheet of papers, like, told you to try them all and try to figure out which one's which. And get your own kind of personal distinction to it. Yeah, try to and, understand your own palate with them and things like that. I mean, because a lot of... Distinctions. 
Well, a lot of people will essentially, like when you're walking through somebody through tasting on something, if you mention something, it's automatically going to kind of sit in the back of their head. Yep. So they want you to make your own flavor profiles and your own distinction beforehand. Well, as you know, like with wines, yeah. half the time somebody sits down at your, at your bar and you're like, oh, this wine has notes of like currants, red fruits, plum, and maybe a little bit of lemon. Yeah. And they're like, I can taste the lemon. Exactly. Like, you can only taste the lemon because I said lemon, bitch. Yeah. It's the only reason your brain picks <laughs> up on it. But no, like you were saying, yeah. Well, it was, a, it was a great kind of learning experience, and I probably got maybe three out of the 13 correct. Nice. However, I mean, it was, it was just... I mean, I wouldn't get any after the first one, unless there was like a Caribbean cask to pick up on the taste of it. Like, well, that's exactly what I I couldn't like, distinguish 21 the, year from 14. Well, the rum cask, like, I could tell the difference on, and the IPA cask, I could tell the difference on. But, uh, like, and then I, I picked out the Belvini, uh, the, the Caribbean cask, cause just because I've drank a lot of that, so nice. I, I kind of... But Glenfetich, their standard one actually kind of stood out. Nice. So it, oh, it, that was the whiskey tasting you did? Not no, 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 that was oh. the one that I did recently. That was, uh, that was um, uh, Teelings. Oh, nice. Gotcha. Which, I mean, it's unfortunate that you were too hungover to make it to that because that was actually a really cool thing. So I know. Um, real quick, I have a correction. It's not French toast and coffee, please. It's called Wilfred. Oh. It is also 12.4% alcohol by volume. See, that's delightful. It's been hanging out in my refrigerator for, for a while. So the ABV may, may or may not have gone up a little bit. Um, but it's a barley wine. That's... Which is technically anything you could call a... I'm excited to try this one, especially 11%. after we just had the chocolate Wait, strawberry. Right. Did you say it's a barley wine? It's a barley mm-hmm. wine. It's, it's a certain style of beer. Okay. Now, now you are a little bit more knowledgeable about the beer and the brewing side of everything. Right. What makes it an actual barley wine as opposed to a beer? Because I've always just heard of barley wine as associated with like mead and things like that. Yeah, I think the biggest, there, there's a few different reasons, but I think the main one is alcohol content. Okay. You know, like... like um, Double IPA versus regular IPA, how once no. one level in it goes past a certain amount, you're like, oh, now it's a double IPA instead of an IPA. Or, or imperial. Imperial, um, yeah, yeah, but I think the big there's an ingredients factor in it and the aging factor in it, but okay. then also the biggest thing is alcohol content. So, in, I, to my knowledge, at least, um, it'll get you drunk. It will get you drunk, like like Samuel Adams Utopia. Which, when I come back, I'm excited to announce we will be drinking the 2011 version of Samuel Adams Utopia. Really? On the podcast, I'm very excited. Who's that courtesy of? My dad. I was gonna say pops. It has Shout to be out right. To pops. Um, who just casually, who else just casually has a bottle of Utopia laying around for when somebody just happens to stop well, by? Well, he had a bottle at the, at the infamous Stogies, um, in Sand Lake for years. It sat up there for at least a decade, I think. And Stogies closed on Super Bowl Sunday and we popped up there. I popped up there to rescue Charles and, um, they handed us, they handed me the bottle like this is your dad's. So you could take it with you. And there was a drop. Yeah. And I definitely drank it. Yeah. And it was definitely good. There um, you go. but, uh. The one I'm a big fan of alcohol content, like higher alcohol content beers, not because I like to get drunk, mm-hmm. um, but I just, you know, I could drink one and be totally cool. And I yeah. think it's just the flavor profile of aging properly with high alcohol and how you get the balance of everything, especially when it's oak aged or I actually, um, I think I mentioned the ABT 12 sour that's aged in a, in a oak wine cask. Yeah. That is so good. A Belgian sour. You you just said some of the buzzwords that in our next few episodes, I really want to try and get a bottle of Folk and Fable. Yeah. The, which is a bourbon barrel aged wine that I heard about right. recently. And I'm just excited to try it. 
is bourbon barrel aging is well, it's taking, taking over everything. the wine industry. Yeah. The Robert Mondavi's picked up a couple of them. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Aberith, I believe, is uh, doing some barrel aging. Uh, was it uh, Iron Iron Horse? Like maybe it was Dark it was Horse. Iron Horse. Maybe it was Dark Horse. Dark Horse is all over the place. It might be Dark Horse. They're growing. It's a cheaper brand. You have some canned Dark Horse in the fridge over there. And honestly, if you haven't had canned wine, no, I'm not against canned wine. I challenge canned wine, and also my restaurant's experimenting. Hopefully, soon we'll get kegged wine, which is even better. So much easier. You're talking about a. So I never have to open a bottle. I never have to cut my fingers on some foil. Let's just and the keg lasts twelve times longer because it never gets exposed to air. There's no the seal. There's no tighter seal than that of a like compared to what they have now and you're married you can I say know. that <laughs> um, uh, like you get the bottle and you have the can which I think the can is better than the bottle because zero sunlight um, yep now the seal that's why they already use green bottles well, instead what, of clear well what about the uh, what about the metallic flavor profile that it picks up there's really none it's see, the same now, thing in beer. Mm, it's see, the same thing in well, beer see I like a glass bottle like say soda versus a can soda he's got a point just because the flavor pro like you don't pick up the metallic flavor. So I challenge you to try one blind tasting of wine, and I'm going to give you a couple of different ones, and you got to tell me which one is in the can and which we'll one's do in it. the bottle. We'll do three kegged wine or three canned wines, three bottled wines. And I think the really the big thing is, can... is a temperature that involves the metallic taste into your liquids. Okay. So temperature is one thing. If you're keeping it cold, you really probably don't have to worry about that. I think we just found the idea for our first YouTube video. Perfect. The second one is um, the, well, I guess it really all boils down to temperature because if you keep a, a hot can out in the sun of any any liquid, you're going to, the, the, the can is going to slightly, you know, start to well, that's let off thing. some of its, I wonder if it would be a thing of, I, I would just be curious to ask you, have you ever poured a canned Coke into a glass? And then still gotten the same metallic taste from it, even though you're not putting your mouth on a can. I have. Okay. Like, Fair enough. Well, it's also, it also kind of boils down to, like, when I drink, like, say, glass bottle Coke versus, mm-hmm. like, canned Coke, glass bottle Coke is done with real sugar. Exactly. So it's a, it's a, it's a different animal into itself, so it could Correct. be a little bit to do with that, but I always enjoy the glass bottle Coke significantly better. Now, scientific exploration is needed here. The one thing we'll you've got to try to draw a comparison, uh, comparative difference from is alcohol is typically and should be treated a little bit different than sodas because sodas are delivered hot and they're delivered in a, from a truck and the truck is not necessarily refrigerated oh. because you don't need to worry about those things or temperature controlled. Okay. Whereas good quality alcohol is released in a temperature controlled environment. To you, it comes from a truck that's a certain amount of degrees. However, though, we are talking about wine. Well, yeah, well, I don't see. I don't saying, see Camus as a high end like getting out the kegs. Be surprised. Well, it's one thing though, where if a restaurant could jump on it and be the first person to be like, "No, give me three kegs of Camus, and I would be able to sell it for it's a happened. great by the glass price." It's happening. Maybe already. now people end up starting to buy Camus by the glass just because they fucking can. It's, they don't it's, realize it's already happened. Spend the price of a bottle on three glasses. Disney's been doing. Disney's fucking. been experimenting with it for years now, with mm-hmm. wine on tap. It's a genius idea. Well, Disney also jiggers my wine when I go to tol- like a uh, food and wine festival, and that's just unacceptable. Hey, that's a dirty word in the bartending world. Hey, now um, you got to anyway. whisper that word nowadays. Back to the. Um, the matter at hand, though, I think um, the barrel aging thing, I really like 
the 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 whiskey or I mean really not just whiskey but the the liquor beer side of it. Yeah. Cuz um you know Jameson has started doing it where they swap casks yeah. back and forth. Mm-hmm. They do two different versions with Cigar City right down the street in yeah. Tampa. Oh yeah. Um the stout and the IPA version. We had yesterday made the oh, the worst mistake ever in oh, getting the Glenn Levitt. Was that what we were drinking oh, yesterday? The, 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 the IPA, IPA cast. There's no, it's Glenn Fetich, and that's the Glenn Fetich. And I, we just smelled it, and I was like, "All right, I'm me too in the shit out of this company because it is awful." It really, freaking probed me in the brain. You ever Ooh. had that where you smell something so pungent, your brain's like, "Get the f- what? How?" Yeah, you're instantly angry. Yes, as if you've happened. been physically assaulted and I had by to, a scent. I had to slam it. I was like, this is the only scotch I can slam because it's shitty enough to slam. Yeah. This is the only scotch I would do shots of because it's shit. Yeah. And so... Oh, besides I, that larceny. Larceny, I just... Larceny's I, pushing that line. I smelled larceny for the first time. I didn't drink it. The other day, on Sunday, when I got smashed um, over at one of my favorite bars, which is uh, the Velvet Lounge over at uh, the Hard Rock Hotel. Ooh. And they have a really good, what they call, ginventory. By the way, okay, they have a lot of really good gins. See, oh. now that's something I'd be interesting to try, only because I don't particularly enjoy the floral notes of gin so much. But as a bartender, I like being challenged by it to see what I can appreciate about the spirit and what I can use to make it in a cocktail. I I just like how gin, in a lot of times, uh, is used in sangria. And it does um, not get better warm. No, it doesn't. We'll get to that <laughs> in a second. Gin is used in sangria, and. Uh, there's a lot of places that, like, over at Tango, they use gin in the sangria, don't they? Yes. Yeah. Well, sometimes, yeah, you just want to yeah. kick up the alcohol it, percentage a little bit. But it tastes good. And no, it's, it's, it's very... Is this like a white sangria or is this a red both. sangria? They use them in both. And then, yeah. but you go to the one in the Velvet Lounge and it's like, fuck, somebody, a, somebody poured a whole fucking bottle of nail polish in this. Ugh. Um, it's always, it's obviously batch by batch situation. I was going to say, you started out talking about how much you like this place. And I do. And talking about how shitty this is. I don't drink is. sangria, so there you go. I tried that and then went right to a white claw. I was like, I need to just erase the whole palate. God. After two giant shots he of Malagro. He shoves the whole can down his throat. He doesn't even open it. <laughs> One gulp. I don't have to shove. It just opens up. <laughs> then how'd Megan beat you chugging that Nick Ultra? I was chugging a white claw. That was like the second time I ever did it. It's just so uh, highly carbonated. Shout out to Megan. She actually helped me uh, the other day. She came in and for some reason, uh, and you guys have done this too, uh, Waxed bottles. She came in here and waxed bottles with you? Yeah. Okay. I don't remember telling her that I was working on a Tuesday, and she came in. She's like, you told me you were here. And I was like, I don't remember even seeing you on I think this was one of the days that I talked to you at like 2 in the morning, and you were like, hey, tomorrow, we're going to grab some beers from Broken Strings. (laughs) We're going to go sell them downtown, and we're going to pick up a tap handle, and we're going to make it work. We're going to figure out these fucking distributors, and we're going to sell this goddamn beer. You should have. I was on someone's Snapchat. That I have no idea how. And one of my friends is like, how do you know this guy? I'm like, I don't even know who. Were your balls in your hand? No. <laughs> oh, man. But, <sighs> yeah, back to the matter at hand. This uh, French, I, I really like Ellipsis. I like what they do. Yeah. They, where I, they where have, are they again? They're about two miles away from the airport. Okay. Um, I wish, actually, I had the time. To, Orlando International. We're not talking about Sanford or the executive. No, no, no. Yep. The, bar, the bar that Charles and I discovered that's two miles away from Orlando Sanford is uh, a gem. Really? Oh, I, that, I went there last night. On the an rocks. Uncut gem? Called. An uncut gem. If, if you took most, I'd say about 70% of the alcohol choices from Whiskey Lou's and shrunk it down a little bit, you have 
on the rocks. I'm pretty sure their AC is run by like a mule in the back. <laughs> but it's a really great place. There's a Spanish guy asleep, and every once in a while when he wakes up, he kicks the mule, and it turns on the AC <laughs> for 15 minutes. <laughs> hey, Boro. God damn it. Um, what I really like about this French toast and coffee... Yeah. I was reading the flavor. Let's dive in. Uh, or, yeah, French toast and coffee, the, the Wilfred. I was diving into the flavor profile of it. Um, let me see if I can find it here again real quick. Oh, that's nice. The coffee going into the French toast, which is like kind of like maple Yeah, it, like, exactly. That's why, like, I got my maple syrup on it. I got my cinnamon going on. I got my coffee at the beginning. Well, I was waiting for something to punch me in the palate. Nothing did. And it all just, And then like, all of a sudden, the, yeah, and then the cinnamon finally, like, finished. Yeah. And you don't get the alcohol content for a 12% booze. No. Like, like, this is a dangerous kind of brew. This is that real you dangerous. You get enough coffee in there. Then the maple really kind of holds it, like kind of cuts the bitterness of the coffee, and you, you really know, just can't tell. We well, found this before. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, like, the, uh, like, when you have alcohol content, if you have, like, say, maple or, say, cinnamon to, to be in there, both of those can definitely take, like, the sweetness that comes on with a high alcohol content at the very end and just cover it. Like, you don't realize it. They can what mute I really that kind like of about sting it. that your tongue feels from that 12%. Yeah. I like how the maple in this one covers up the alcohol content but it grabs the coffee and enhances the flavor you know what i think is we're finding out is very interesting that i'm going to put words to now is that maple is kind of one of those sweet and savory totally bridging the gap elements because what was that other beer that we had that was like blueberry maple hibiscus, hibiscus. that was the um 12 talons which is brews out that right one here. exactly dude i was afraid uh, to taste Beauregard's it berry end Thank you. I'm waiting for him to brew another one. He just nice. got back in town, so he's going to be but no, dude, that one. Up a couple. Same, same exact thing. It was Beauregard's Berry End with like blueberry, hibiscus, and maple and everything. Sour. Sour. Okay. And I was like, okay, this is gonna just this is gonna be just a cacophony of flavors, and it's gonna be horrible. And then somehow it all blended together one after the other, and the maple just bridged all the gaps and finished it out. I could go for some of that. It's interesting. Now I really want to quickly read the description per the brewery. On Untapped for the um, <clears throat> Wilfred French Toast and Coffee. We gotta put the Untapped app out there more. Oh yeah, definitely use Untapped. Honestly, that's you can create. You start to see what you like and don't like, and can create your own personal beer profile. Yeah. It makes it a lot easier. Um, and they give you like coupons for shit, which is pretty cool. Absolutely. For those of you that don't know what Untapped is, because I see the very confused look on Charles' face over no, there. No, no, I know what Untapped <laughs> is. I'm just wondering, like, if they, uh, like, they give you advertisements as well. Like, hey, you like this, you like this, you like this. You might want to try they did. this. They just did. They just showed me when I when I logged this one in. They showed me a thing for um, Oviedo Brewing. I like that because, as um, opposed as I am to ads, it's nice if they can like. What's well, it's, it's low, tell it's, you? Hey, yeah. this brewery makes another good beer that you'd like. Yeah, that's what that I like about it too. I would be happy with. Well, I mean, I like the based on the Pandora kind of aspect. Like, you know, you like this song, you like this song, you yeah. like this song. It's kind of targeting, kind of like. They always try to sneak Creed in there. Like, no one wants to listen to that. No, that's no, I, you. I, I've actually. <laughs> do you think that's like so your Pandora trying to tell you something? Like, I have no idea. Uh, stop parting your hair in the middle, maybe. Uh, <laughs> okay, so here's the here's the the style guide straight from Ellipsis. It says breakfast anyone? Wilfred is based off our smash entrant last year. It's big, bold, twelve point four percent barley wine conditioned with maple, uh, cold brew uh, specialty coffee that tastes and smells like French toast. The maple and honey added to the base beer lends to the sweetness and balance out the high levels of bitterness, which I could definitely. I could 
definitely see where they drew that conclusion for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I once really you, once you throw coffee in there, just, you have to like offset the bitterness. Coffee, if you get the bitterness of a beer and coffee all in one, I love whiskey. Can be easily done wrong. I love beer. I love water. I love tea. But I don't think there's a superior liquid to coffee. Yeah. I think it's so essential for me personally to well, live. I mean, it's, it's part of those South American tears that like really just get you going in the morning. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. No, it's honestly the co- coffee to me is perfect. And when you start incorporating it into alcohol, like PBR coffee, didn't know I needed it in life. Yet here we are. Yep. Um, so speaking of things we may or may not need in life, we have now the third drink of choice today. Yep. And, I, and I use the word of choice very loosely. Hey, now, I did choose to bring this. You did. Cho- I just didn't. I was hoping that you would. <laughs> Go ahead and tell the kids what you got over there. Uh, well, as you guys know, we are recording over here at Broken Strings. Uh, I got stopped on the way out here and offered a small little Sunny D-sized bottle of what was called Hood Cello. Genius. Genius. Tastes like lemon cello, but with double the alcohol percentage. It's like somebody dropped some nice Gordon's vodka inside the limoncello. Yeah. It is not bad at all. Dustin, if you want to grab it out of your fridge over there on top of the dark horse. Okay. Yeah. So, but interestingly enough, though, as, as I learned about like a new spirit, it makes me kind of interesting to delve into, even though this isn't traditional limoncello from Italy. No. It kind of makes me interested to dive into it that I didn't know limoncello was actually, yeah, like a digestive. It's yeah. kind of used just similar to Campari, Aperol, things like that. But the lemons in that region are so sweet, the locals will just eat wedges of them, rind and all. Wow. Just Like an apple. Yeah. Just lumping it off like an apple. And I don't know. It's just lemons, some fortified sugar, and some refined alcohol. Or in this case, it's a bunch of lemon heads inside of a, a fucking rubbing alcohol bottle. <laughs> My favorite part of it is, I'm not drinking any. Try of that. just a little bit I more. I just had some. Just, it's it's at room temperature now. I'm you good. like things at room I'm temperature. I genuinely little... don't want anything to do with that. It tastes awful. It doesn't taste that bad. I swear to God, my wife uses that to get the nail polish off her fingers. Oh, oh God. ye of little faith. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure you use that as a commercial cleaner, too. Listen, yeah. I am all for people, uh, entrepreneurship. You know, uh, young Andrew and I are all about it over here. But, oh, it's good. That's good. That's called, uh, I just brought a fourth beverage over here. It's a uh, red mosquito. This is going to be fun yeah, at work Yeah, it's a red tonight. mosquito IPA. Yeah, Charles, don't you go crazy. You got to take me and three others to the uh, airport. Yeah, and then go to work. <laughs> Well, I think it tastes pretty good. It. It's a it's a it's an amber IPA. It's really good. It's got a lot of it's got a lot of profile on there. Um, we've been selling it like hotcakes. Well, there you go. I'm trying to get them to sell me a keg of it. Which Ooh. which one is this? That's made by Broken Strings. Here we just released it a few days ago. What is it? It's uh the Red Mosquito IPA, an amber IPA. I mean, it's it's pretty good. Um, I'm not an IPA fan normally. Like, I don't like that extra bitterness. So I know earlier when um. You and young Charles were chatting about something or another that you looked at me funny as I reached over and grabbed the uh, local magazine off the table there, Drew. 
What's this local magazine? And there's a reason because we've been talking about a lot of events on this podcast. Yeah. And there's an event that I think we all might enjoy, which is Whiskey Business Orlando. And this is a whiskey, bourbon, scotch, and fun. It, I believe it is at the Cheyenne Saloon, February 28th from 7 to 10 p.m., featuring Fish Hawk Spirits, Uncle Nearest, Duke and Dame, Cerebrus Distillery, Evan Williams, Elijah Craig, Barrel Craft Spirits, Horse Soldier Bourbon, Misunderstood Whiskey, Manifest Stealing, Bullet Bourbon's going to be there, George Dickel, Johnny Walker, Buchanan's um, Grilled Cheesus for Food, House of Blues is going to be there, uh, Donna Vett's Cookies, Sonny's Barbecue, a ton of, st- uh, a ton of um, people are going to be there. It's a whole whiskey afternoon, uh, private cocktail bar, uh, premium whiskey samples, all that good stuff, um, which I think we might have to go over there and do some recon for that, fellas. What do you say? What's the actual uh, price? I'm down. February. I mean, I'm down for I it. I have no idea what the price is. I just pulled it off of here because I remembered I wanted to tell you guys about it because I think VIP gets you early entry and a couple extra samples. I mean, I'm, d- I'm definitely into that. So uh, for all of uh, our the whiskey question, The question is, is that the fact that it's on a Friday. Well, I don't work Fridays. So oh, look suck at, on that. Look at you with your... Friday is actually a pretty exciting day for Broken Strings because Broken Strings here is a uh, Orlando City Soccer Club establishment. We have the, the Ruckus uh, fans that meet up here every game and they go rowdy, um, which is kind of like a little punch. So, but they, uh, so you don't work that day when you're saying it's busy? That's not my day. Um, one of the few days is not my day. But uh, that's the first game of the season. Oh, so it's going to be a crazy night downtown that night, guys. So I would definitely we talk, we Uber. We talking about February twenty uh, eighth. Correct. Okay. Um. Okay. Yeah, I think that's it for the alcohol portion. What do you guys say? Yeah, we're moving no, on to I'll, Baker Mayfield and his mistress. Well, either that, or I was thinking we could drive from one thing of alcohol into the next. Oh yeah, let's do the Breaking Bad thing. Yeah, man. Were, so Breaking Bad stars Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul. If anybody who listens to this podcast from the beginning, I was going to say, could tell you. What is the one fucking thing I've been telling you that we need to create since this podcast has started? I'll let you introduce the name to this episode. Mezcal. Holy fuck. We've been had. We have not been had. They beat us to it. They beat us they to did it because they could afford to do God it. And probably it have, they probably don't God have to dig it. a hole in their backyard to first do it. First it was George Clooney. Then it was Ryan Reynolds. Now it's Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul. All the celebrities are making all the good alcohols, and we're waiting too long. <laughs> well, there, yeah, there's, hey, you know what? Michael Jordan's uh, new tequila is delightful. Fuck off. You know what the difference between us and them is? <laughs> About $2.8 million. 12, 12 to $15 million. I was going to say, they don't have to explain anything to their HOA. <laughs> <laughs> I told I, I you. I think their compound is the HOA. <laughs> I don't have an HOA, and we could definitely bury some. I've burning. seen your backyard before. I definitely don't want to drink any mezcal that's been cooked back there. Well, I never. There's there's <laughs> other things that get you intoxicated that get cooked back there. It looks like. Good lord. <laughs> God, I'm sorry. You're out here with the Stepford Wives of Windermere. I'm not in Windermere. I'm in Dr. Phillips, sir. You're in Windermere's Bay Hill. front porch that they spit off of. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, I know that you're upset. Yeah, because we've been goddamn Winklevossed over here. Winklevossed? <laughs> what about the 30,000 other Mezcal companies started by... People? They're not articles about them. <laughs> but anyway, oh. no, fucking... 
Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul, stars of Breaking Bad, were spotted in Oaxaca over the last few years. What did you just call me? Hey, man. Didn't, so, didn't call you a jigger, that's for sure. Oh. But. <laughs> Damn. Anyway. Hey, so, we're looking at those. They're, they've been going down there to Oaxaca trying to source artisanal mezcal. So they can come up with a mezcal that... Artisanal. Does that mean it's dirty? In, in their mm. words, yes. Unwashed, like organic fruit. Yes. Fuck out of here. So they wanted to come up with something that even people who don't like mezcal could enjoy. And that's what they came up with. So Most people don't even know that they like mezcal or don't like mezcal because they had that such a strong fear of tequila from that one time when they were at that one college party and they had a whole handle of Pepe Lopez. College? Yep. Just half this podcast. Yeah. Have you ever... I just need to reach out there <laughs> are and Are we talking say, about the, sta- the standard, like, two, or are we talking about including myself? <laughs> Have you guys heard of this vodkila? Yes. For when you need to wipe the whole hard drive clean? Yeah. Oh, man. That vodka sounds like a party in a glass. If vodka tequila mixed. De- distilled together in one bottle. Why would you do that to yourself? I have no idea. I have no idea. That's like that's like putting Russians and Hispanic people in the same room and going, "Yeah, just get along, guys." Yeah, I think they would. Just figure it out. I think they would. No. Yes. Somebody's no. getting shanked. Yes. And then the the entire rest of the other group is that denying sense. that they shanked the other group. I mean, that is what it is. That's it. I know. I know not what you're speaking of. I I have not shanked. No. <laughs> what was his name? Jose. I would have shanked, oh. but he took my job. <laughs> But he shanked himself. So, man, <laughs> taking Russian jobs. We need to come out with a mezcal within the next year. We need to brew beer that we could sell within the next year. Detail and, and keep your ears open out for that, yep. kids. Because uh, but trends mezcal are coming, coming soon. Mezcal yep. coming out after we sell. Start selling beer. Late twenty twenty. <laughs> late. Oh my God, we're we're being very ambitious. Um, we got to be, or else Dustin falls off track over here. I fall off track. Yeah. This guy over here is checking his stocks in the middle of a goddamn. Podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, I did mention Baker Mayfield as you're pulling that up. Yeah. Allegedly, he has a mistress that ousted him a month after he got married. She couldn't have a better name. Go ahead and throw it out there again. Casey Dingus. Dingus is perfect. So I have a theory about this. Allegedly, she gave him a BJ. She made him her leave her phone in the car, jump into his car behind a um, cheesecake factory. Horrible and, and gave him a BJ. Yeah. Um, and I look at her face. I don't judge people by how they look, but I've seen Baker Mayfield's wife and, um, I don't see it. We've talked about this before. Enthusiasm is everything. Correct. But at the same time, he got married with that like super gross mustache. Yeah. And then he just looked like every dude in Cleveland. Yeah. So I think she got like super catfished. This dude rented a Mercedes or borrowed his mom's Mercedes and just catfished the shit out of her because now he looks like every dude in Cleveland with that shitty mustache. Wait, so you think... I mean, think that, that could actually have been a thing. Like, if somebody... So you think somebody... She got winkle Post this Baker Mayfield, had her, like, perform fellatio, and then goes, I got away with it, and, like, dipped out. I feel like Baker is smart enough not to freaking depend on the parking Yo, lot. I'll tell you, man. On the, on the, on the I, employee side of the parking lot at see, a cheesecake factory. But he also might be young and dumb enough. Like, who is that other quarterback for the Browns? Johnny the, Manziel. Johnny Manziel. He might be young and dumb enough and a party guy, just like Johnny Manziel, where he's like, 
He looks to the left, looks to the right. Why not just blow me right here? I mean, behind a cheesecake factory. However, I, don't think so. I would love to hear that he's like, um, I was at a team dinner in Seattle when you yeah. say you blew me. Can so, you get, can you give me receipts? Go, go, go ahead and pull up the Snapchat messages. All my friends, was it me? All my friends saw it. Well, did you see the whole Ezekiel Elliott thing? This is reminiscent of when, like, allegedly Ezekiel Elliott's like ex-girlfriend. He I'm, like hit her. I'm not gonna lie. Unless we see a dick pic with a face in there that hasn't been like deep faked or something like that, dude. How funny would it not, be if like she's got a picture of him and he's like 245 pounds and like five foot eight? <laughs> she's like, yeah, this is the Johnny Manziel that made me blow him. <laughs> Damn, girl. Have you ever watched a football game? How, how funny would it be if it wasn't Baker Mayfield but Johnny Manziel? <laughs> He's just sitting here doing this, and he's like, I'm the Browns quarterback. Honestly, they look like they could be related. I'm not going to lie to you. They do. They really look like they could be related. And if he get, if Johnny Manziel gets that fucking blue-collar mustache like Baker Mayfield does, they both ran from the cops. They both played in they Texas. They did. I think Johnny – yeah, they both played in Texas. So, did they? John? No. Yeah, because he was at Texas Tech, I think, before he went over to Oklahoma. So, there you go. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, but the reason it's causing a whole bunch of waves is because she's saying it happened a month after Baker Mayfield got married. Yeah. I don't see it. I saw his wife on that progressive commercial. Well, that's the other thing is, so your wife's hot as fuck. You just got married and you're playing in one of your first seasons in the NFL. Correct. Why do you need to do this? Correct. Hold on. Actually, like what? Should, let's find like out what, when did what, what pussy or blowjob is like that good to be like, I want to risk throwing all this away. I mean... I will state, like, as a, as a narcissistic kind of personality, like, you can only imagine, like, the only thing hotter than the 10 that I've been hooking up with for the last couple of months is, is an her aggressive friend, six that wants her, to blow me behind a cheesecake factory. Her friend that's a six that I haven't seen naked. So. You got to plow a couple of fours to appreciate Nate. Thanks Just saying, sometimes you want what she can't have. So and, th- he got married July 6th. Okay. So he 2019? Was in, he was in minicamp. Yeah. They were right. August 6th, I think, is right when they were about to start doing preseason. Yeah. When the fuck does this guy have time to drive over to a goddamn cheesecake factory in a small town? And I don't see it. Picks or it didn't happen. Jeez. Picks or it did not happen. Yep. It's that Pound Me Too movement. Ooh. And here we are. No, none of that. <laughs> let's 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 shrink that down. Yeah. Get into our next topic over here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> Honey, I shrunk the kids. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Master of segues here. Ah, Thank that's God what I'm here for. for. <laughs> Rick Moranis. Yes. The honestly, the hero of childhoods. Yes. Because fucking spaceballs. Darth Helmet. Correct. Darth Which I I honestly like. Honey, I shrunk the kids was a great movie, but I would have much rather seen Spaceballs to the search for more money. Yes. I, I think, think that it's would actually a much stronger like return to film. Mel film Brooks risk. did not make enough movies. He no. is I think he's writing Spaceballs 2 now. Is he? Yeah. I, I can only hope. I really can only hope. You know his son started the zombie craze. I did not. His son wrote the book uh, The Zombie Survival Guide. Oh shit. And World War Z. Nice. Uh, Max Brooks. Have you ever read it? No. I've read some of the Zombie Survival Guide. I have not read uh, World you War should, Z. You should run through all of the Zombie Survival. It's one of the best. I don't know why. I started reading it because one of my favorite bands, uh, The Devil Wears Prada, the lead singer read the whole book cover to cover, and it reads just like an instruction manual. So you'd think that'd be hard, but it is really good. And um, wrote a whole 
EP, like five song EP about it, and it's like their heaviest album ever. If you haven't listened to it, the Zombie EP by the Devil Wears Prada is really good. Um, so that's how I found out about the book, and then I was like, Max Brooks. I looked him up, and it said Son of Mel Brooks, and I'm like, fuck, that is perfect. I got distracted from the Zombie Survival Guide because I was reading Tucker Max. I hope they serve beer in hell, which yep. is an okay book. The yep. book was significantly better than the film. Absolutely, I never watched the film. The film, like it, 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 like, it had reminiscence of it, but the person they had play him was much more of a skis bag than than the character you kind of imagined during the like the book. Right. I mean, of course, he's definitely doing some skis bag things, but he really epitomizes like the the epitome of like a Chad. Fucking Chad. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I was having this conversation with my buddy Sam Neal. Shout out to Sam Neal over in England. I was like, how much is it? Like, the douchiest name you can ever think of. It's fucking Chad Kroger. Chad fucking Kroger. Nickelback lead singer. Jesus. Chad fucking Kroger. I blame him for global warming. Wow. (laughs) Don't jump on that bandwagon. Nickelback wasn't that bad. Creed was much worse. And that lasted much longer. They're both both bad. Who's worse, Nickelback or Guy Fieri? (sighs) Nickelback. I was going to say, you all... Welcome to Flavortown, bitch. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, was on the, I was on the Guy Fieri hate train yeah. until uh, for a while. I was on the anti-Flavortown. Uh, is um, that, is that then, because you didn't like everything frozen from Fridays? No. <laughs> and then um, my buddy Steve opened my eyes. Yeah? And he said, listen, man, all he wants to do is take it to Flavortown. Open your eyes but these look, bright flame-colored shirts. Look beyond appearances... And he does give recognition to mom and pop places outside of the Fridays and the Planet Hollywood. He's putting places on the map, including several places in Florida and a few food trucks in Florida. And he gives a shit ton of money to charity. Like, he's one of the top ten celebrities that gives money to charity. And he's not even amongst the top highest paid celebrities. It's funny because... He's barely in the bottom... I've heard there's a comedian that does this whole like trope as well, who just talks but it's about true. how you could look it no, up. No, apparently, yeah, that's the thing. Is Guy Fieri, even though everybody wants to fucking hate him, just like Nickelback, because you hate him because of his goddamn frosted tips and his fucking that's not sunglasses why I hate and his flame shirts. But so why do you hate him then? I don't hate Guy Fieri anymore. Okay, I stopped the campaign. All right. Purely well, on aesthetics, I hated him. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's purely off aesthetics. No one has ever seen diners, drive-ins, and dives. But they hate Guy Fieri with a passion. I've seen diners, dive-ins, and drives. It's actually decent. Yeah, I come from a culinary family. So for me, that's like Sunday afternoon TV. You joined a culinary family. My mom has been in culinary her whole life. Oh. Yeah, bro. Fucking open your eyes, dude. Nickelback is pretty bad. They're pretty bad. If by not that bad, they're like super bad, then yeah. All right, well, no. Rick Moranis and all of his movies when when you were a kid. So... What I was going to dive into before we got into the Spaceballs thing, do you know why Diners, he disappeared? Diners, drive-ins, and dive-into? Yeah. Do you know why he disappeared? Rick Moranis? Yeah. Focus on his family. His wife passed away. Yeah. And so... He I didn't was want going to be the lighter like, route, but... Well, nobody, he didn't want to be that kind silence, of dad because... He didn't want to be that kind of dad who was working in Hollywood and having someone else take care of his kids, so he stockpiled from... You know, he did a couple of movies. I love it. And then he became a stay-at-home dad. For his kids. That's excellent. And that's all he did. Good for him. And he just stayed away. He did like a couple of things here and there. Nothing crazy. Nothing that took him away from his family for too long. And then went back, went right back to being a dad. And now that they're all grown up and stuff, he's 
jumping right back into the yeah. scene, and he does thinking not... he can do Spaceballs too. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Did you look that up about them writing Spaceball too? Yes, it's happening. Isn't Apparently, it? well, it's it hasn't been confirmed as in like production starts at a certain date, mm-hmm. but the script now, is being refined. Apparently, from the la- from 2016. Mel Brooks and Rick Moranis are in talks to do it again now that Rick Moranis is off of hiatus because now that, yeah, his family has grown up and he doesn't have to be as supportive anymore, which is great. I'm almost, I'm, I don't know what I'm more excited about. Uh, the potential for a new Spaceballs or the th- final third installment of National Treasure. Oh, talk about, talk, talk yeah, about some real. of the worst films. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Listen, goodness. I think that that's a good movie. So a lot of go. things are going well, down. I'm going to steal you... a Declaration of Independence. That's great, and it also became one of the best memes on the internet. What was he going to do with the Declaration of Independence when he got it? Wave it around? No, hide it from the bad guy to save our democracy. Oh, so there's an entire movie based off the premise that an entire piece of paper that we already have documented what's on it is so very important just because it's the physical copy from back in the day. Why don't we just get rid- why don't we just get rid of the Statue of Liberty then? I mean, if we had a hologram that would stay in the place of it, why the <laughs> fuck not? Do you think we could get like a good like grade like one copper value for the Statue of Liberty cuz I I think I'm, we could I'm just saying, I don't think the French would give us anything for it now if we tried to give it back. No, I I'd, I'd just, give us no you thing. just scrap it for the metal value. <laughs> God, all of a sudden the torch disappears one day and you just see one little homeless dude on his little ferry raft with it. He's like, I'm going to live for a week. (laughs) I could live for longer, but I'm going to buy enough drugs to live for a week. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Speaking of that. Yeah. uh, Show recommendation. Yeah. And of course, I forget the name. It's the one with Ricky Gervais where he wants to die on Netflix. It's a brand new one. Um well, as you're talking about that, I was that, not briefed on this. Another new show that is amazing that just came out, Avenue Five. Afterlife is the name of it. Avenue Five on HBO is phenomenal. It stars Hugh Laurie from House, like Hugh Laurie, and a few other people. And if he doesn't limp in the show, it's not real. He does. Hugh Laurie ends up playing the fake captain of a luxury space cruise. Beautiful. Very interesting, because in the first episode, it's supposed to be a two-month-long cruise. Strange space mishap happens. Their trajectory gets changed. Two months turns into three and a half years. Metal. That now they're going to be stuck on this fucking space cruise with Hugh Laurie as the fake captain. I love it. And it's a phenomenally funny, dark comedy that's on mm-hmm. HBO. Just started. Is, really Is it, good. like, running along the same comedy lines as the Orville with Seth MacFarlane? Like, just, like craziness and shenanigans and mishaps and yeah. I, I feel like it's, it might be a little bit more serious than Orville though Orville was more like <laughs> Galaxy Quest true it's it's along the same lines Is as it? Galaxy Speaking Quest which, did, yeah. did Orville even get another season because I like after like I think the second I think it's going to like Hulu or something I don't know I wouldn't know but um Afterlife with Ricky Gervais yeah where his wife Gervais. died Gervais Gervais okay. whatever it is S is not silent Jervis Jarvis <laughs> Survey Surveyette um, Serviets. And tequila. His wife, his wife died uh, in the show. And then um, he like doesn't want to live anymore. So he's like just an asshole to everybody. And it's, I don't know, it's a really good show. It's fucking hilarious. When this, he's walking by this little, the, he's walking by this elementary school, um, just minding his own business. And this fat little redheaded kid goes, Pedo! Which is British for pedophile. 
for those of you that don't know. Oh, thanks. Um, and he goes, well, if I was a pedo, I definitely wouldn't be going after you, you fat cunt. <laughs> so it's, it's pure Ricky Gervais. That's great. Yeah. And uh, another movie like that on Netflix, The Invention of Lying. Better. Invention of Lying is also one of his. Yep. That one's hilarious. Yep. The world's going to end if you don't have sex with me right now. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm late. There was a baby in the street, and it was burning alive, and I saved it from this bear, and I'm sorry I'm late, but I'm here now. Your premise of the world, there's no, lying hasn't been invented yet, and this guy just invented it. He just figures out that he can just say things, and people don't know what lying is, so they take it all as 100% truth. It's great. I mean, wouldn't that just be fun for at least a week? <laughs> at least a week. Just like the guy is riding a bike with a bike tire. Around him. Yeah. Yeah, you got to give it a little more context than that. I'm just saying. <laughs> Riding the bike with a bike tire, I hope he is. Um, with two. With, with two. Actually, I, I was really close to doing that. Uh, Dustin helped me yesterday get new tires on my motorcycle. Yeah. Uh, and I had one of the tires over uh, one side of town, and I needed to get back on this side of town. And I was actually planning on originally going there on my motorcycle, putting the motorcycle over my waist. The, the, wearing the it like it motorcycle was a tire. The, yeah, the, tire. the motorcycle tire over my waist and just ride it like it was a hula hoop the entire ride. And he's like, I don't, I'm not sure that's exactly safe. I'm just going to help you out, man. <laughs> it's an added level of protection, like he a life jacket. He bought me sushi and cigars for it, though, so I won. Oh. And, and uh, we got, I got to go look at motorcycles. I didn't think he liked sushi. Me? Yeah. Why does everybody think that? I literally, that's like the one food that I can live off of for the rest of my like life. you look like you have a gutter palate. A gutter palate? Yeah. I come from a culinary family. If you didn't family. tell me that you didn't like fried chicken, I would assume the 100% opposite. Yeah, but now that you know that I don't like fried chicken, I'd assume that you would assume that I just like really good food in mass amounts. No. Nobody that says they don't like fried chicken, I'm like, oh, he has a culinary palate. I don't palate. like, I, I, I don't go after... Um, Fast food. Fast food. Oh. I barely eat quick service food. And I don't like fried food. Well, what's Chipotle? That's quick service. Okay. Um, not this debate again. Not this debate again yep, at all. Yep, let's, let's, keep, let's keep it moving. No, keep it going. I, I, sushi is the one food yeah. that I could eat every day for the rest of my life. What you were going to no, say? No, what kind of sushi do you like? What, what kind of a... Because it's, it's just interesting. When somebody says that you could eat sushi every single day for the rest of your life, obviously there's not one roll that you'll order for breakfast, no. lunch, and dinner. Honestly, what kind I of like sushi do you like? I really like to switch it up. I yeah. like to, like, the house sushi, um, like, if there's, like, a house roll, I like to try a little oh, bit of everything. Um, I mean, chef's choice. Chef's choice, yeah, sorry. Um, yesterday we went to Amura yep. over in Lake Mary. You made that up? No, I didn't. <laughs> but you believed it. Yeah, I didn't. Well, you said chef's choice. It's, a, it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't know. I like, to try, I like to try different things. I like to... Uh, I feel like if you go somewhere and just eat the same thing every time you go there, it's not really worth going. If you're not going to try you know, the whole thing and see what they got to offer. I've honestly... I'm the other side of that spectrum. I figured out that I've tried a bunch of different sushi, and most of them I honestly don't like. However... I like spicy tuna, or like I honestly like tuna with some spice in it. Like I don't want it to be like it's that spicy mayo weird thing that they do every once in a while. Yeah, that one I hate that, that one roll we had yesterday had some spice more than like mayo and shit. Yeah, well I don't I, like I honestly want to see the red. I want to see the rice and I want to see the whole entire thing. And I want crunch, so I want spice, crunch, and tuna in a roll. That's all I really want. And it took me a while to actually figure out that I don't really want anything else. 
Like I want maybe like the nigiri, like just straight up slices. Of, I like nigiri. Like, I like nigiri a lot. Yeah, that's yeah, where I really utilize my um, my little wasabi soy sauce mix with the nigiri. Well, I think there was one thing that I watched a little while ago that was actually where a sushi chef tells you how to eat sushi, mm-hmm. and like ninety nine percent of people do it wrong. Oh like, yeah. When you actually have a sushi roll, you're never supposed to use chopsticks. Never. Well, you you're supposed your to use your hand. Yeah. Supposed to use your hand. Dip half of it in soy sauce. And it was funny because the one thing that stuck with me is that the chef was like, after you dip anything in soy sauce, you don't shake. You shake after you go to the bathroom. You just eat. You know what I say to that? That stuck with me. I don't know why. It was just like, that's, that's really fucking I good. Can, He's like, I can completely... don't sit there and like shake off the fucking so, soy so, sauce. You shake your dick after you pee. Just fucking eat and enjoy it. So to that point. Yeah. I hear that and I respect and understand it. But I take it to account. I put as much weight to that behind as the well, same you and that those I do with the Guinness bear paws dunking the sushi like it's no, taking a high dive. What I'm saying is with the chopsticks and like certain ways you're supposed to eat foods, like you got to use this and that and the other. It, to me, I put about as much weight to, uh, behind that as I do a Guinness pour. It really? tastes the fucking same. It I, doesn't see, matter. Guinness pours are a presentation thing. They're not I really. They're not really a, a flavor a thing. Book. Yes, Guinness pours are a presentation thing. I, I don't think it's a fair... I think what him and I are saying is it's not a fair comparison because there's plenty of other ways that you eat with a certain order of operations. Listen, I'm bit. not going to go out there and fucking use a spoon to cut a steak, okay? If that's what you're worried if about. If you can, that's one goddamn good steak. Try Charlie's. Yeah. Have you ever had Charlie's? I'm just saying. You're talking about you I've don't never want it and... I've had Charles' steak. His is fucking banging. Yeah, it is. For those of you that don't know, Charles was the barbecuer on the bachelor party, and he was the one who made us run a couple of miles to go get said steak. I don't think anybody but you and myself and Steve ran. I think everybody else casually walked in or Ubered the five blocks to get to the... uh, What should have happened was I should have stayed with Chicken Parm and gone to breweries. (laughs) That's more than likely true. However, that steak was awesome that night. Details. Yeah. All right. Um... Last topic. I know you had something that you were super excited about and I thought was pretty cool. Speaking of the word super. Super, yes. Say Bravo on the segue, That's a big segue guy. Right now. Bravo. By the way, I've been told Bravo. since our last episode that my segues are better than yours. Really? Yeah. Was really. that by your wife or your mom? My neither of them <laughs> listen anymore. Because <laughs> Dustin's just like Do you think Oh my must- god, do you know? I'm wearing black shoes today. You know what else comes in black? This nice coffee porter that we just got. <laughs> That's genius. What the fuck? That's a great one. You're just making shit up on the spot. By the way, if my wife listened to this podcast, I wouldn't be allowed to do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you did how many drinks on that podcast? <gasps> and one of them was liquor-based. You did liquor in public? You did hood, t- hood cello? Yeah. <laughs> what is this hood cello? I need to try some. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Actually, what, did you have a, like a street corner that you got it on? Like, a, like was there an Westmoreland, like right a, here, a Westmoreland, and Westmoreland and Church? Oh, West, Church, Westmoreland. Okay, so now we've got an intersection. Now we know where the guy is going to be at. Yeah, he's Guys, on one of those. Please don't bicycles. proposition anybody on Westmoreland and Church and ask him for hood hood. I'm just cello. saying, it's one of the <laughs> safest areas of Orlando. If you ever need to come down here to experience some food trucks or anything like that, maybe try some MMA. You're in the right spot. <laughs> I'm glad he said MMA, not MDMA. Whoa! <laughs> That's only during EDC, guys. It's only during EDC. Yeah. You should just see the Puerto Ricans take it for the soccer games. <laughs> you don't. That, reg- that reggaeton is sped up so we much We might have more. to cut that one out of the podcast. God damn it. It's more, there's more 
Caucasians that go to these soccer games in Puerto Rico. No, Rico's. I know. And that's what's phenomenal about it. <laughs> the racism it. is phenomenal. That's what's great about it. There's so many white people. I'm just saying that's it's That's what not... we've been aiming for. We've been really like focusing on that white demographic for a bit. We've I been really pushing of, it. I, gotta get, I can't put you two on the same couch anymore. No, you got to sit in between us. <laughs> God damn it. All right. All right. <laughs> well, anyway, one of the last things that we did want to bring up today Sorry. is... What I thought was kind of awesome is... Beetlejuice, which the star, the star, not the actor, not the short little black guy. Oh, anyway. Oh, hello. Not so, the, yeah, yeah, not the actor and also not the movie that was made to be reproduced about 10, 15 years ago. But I'm not going anywhere. What are you doing? Time. So the one about Beetlejuice is it is one of the brightest stars in the night sky at this point in time. Other than me. Oh, big guy. In the night, you shine bright in the over night there. sky. That's just because you haven't tanned in a while. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty dark. He's got that Spanish skin. I was going to say, I'm half Spanish. It yep. doesn't take me long. That's why your arms are so hairy. Look at that Brillo pad sitting next to you. Well, yeah. it works. Yeah. I'm <laughs> oh, yeah. You gingers over there, man. You guys got it bad. God damn, you can scrub dishes with those. I know. Watch you lump into that over here. Well, look at his hair on his arms. But anyway. So, speaking of gingers. A huge red star might explode in the next few weeks. Metal. Beetlejuice, which has apparently been getting... It is at its dimmest point in the last 25 years. And what that means is usually when a star starts to get dimmer like that, it's approaching supernova. And what could be very interesting about this is... By February 21st, with a margin of error of about a week... If it's at one of its dimmest points and then it starts to get brighter again, we could be experiencing the first supernova seen since the 17th century. Metal. Which could be bright enough to be seen during the daylight. Like, you know, when the moon rises at like four or five in the afternoon, you can mm-hmm. see the bright fucking moon looks weird. Mm-hmm. It would be brighter than that during the daylight. And visible than a brighter full moon at night for the next few weeks after February 21st. I'm going to like Tatooine in this bitch. If, well, we have to get outside of Orlando city limits because of light pollution so you can actually see the stars. I mean, you can still yeah. see the moon, this, though. This is where you go out to like Cocoa Beach in the middle of the night and drive golf Cocoa balls Beach. off in the ocean. Speaking of, though, they came out with a dark site in Kissimmee. Oh, they did? Which is probably like a four to five mile diameter area that no natural lights are allowed within. And you can go out there just for stargazing. Now, I'm going to one-up you both on this. Have you heard of the magical town called Yeehaw Junction? Yes. That's like, there's no real, there's like one street light. It has one street light, but it's not even a street light. It just flashes. Correct. And then like street lamps, there's like maybe five in the whole town. And there's no light pollution for hundreds of miles. It's between here and Miami. It's okay. right, right before you get to Alligator Alley, I believe. I could be wrong. But there's nothing out there nothing out there so you go down there and you can genuinely except, see except dead bodies yes mm-hmm. probably <laughs> um but yeah that's a great place to go stargazing I'm yeah a, i'm a big fan of of that idea for I'm sure i'm with it um but yeah that's pretty cool uh I th- science it would just be so interesting if well one thing honestly that charles pointed out before we started this podcast it's one of the coolest things about that it's multi-million light years away that means all this shit has happened thousands of years ago. Yep. And we just now get to see it happening 
because the only way you can see it is when the light finally gets here from that star. Fucking metal. Fucking ridiculous. I bet the dinosaurs killed that star. Fucking ridiculous. But funny you say that because if people were looking at our planet from Beetlejuice, they would see dinosaurs because that is the light that is getting to them right now. Right? Mind blown. And on that note. Thanks for listening. Episode 24. This is a good one. Thank you, Charles, for jumping in. Actually, Charles wanted to take it upon himself this week to do a cocktail of the week because he, too, is a cocktail bartender. Love it. Um, right. And for those of you that Just don't like know, always forget. He is always uh, he's always at Charlie's Steakhouse on I Drive, right next to the Star Flyer. Um, what days are you normally there, Charles? It, it really varies, honestly, week to week. But I'm at least there five nights a week, so I mean, you got some pretty good, pretty good, good, good odds of finding good me odds of finding me there. Yeah, if you hit us up on Facebook on the Facebook Messenger, Char- Charles doesn't have Facebook, but uh, eventually we should make it where if people donate at least a dollar a month, they can see our work schedules. <laughs> well, pretty soon I, we're going to do a I contest that, that where they would actually. I would, I'd be uh, completely up for that. I'm for it. <laughs> anyway, um, but uh, yeah, if you want to go visit uh, Charles, just uh, send send us a message on on the old Facebook on the Bartenders Ball Facebook, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can on that one, and uh, we'll let you know when Charles is working, so you can go get a delicious steak and a whiskey or a fine glass of wine. He'll set you up. So. The cocktail is actually uh, from the Botanist, which is unfortunately a gin that we haven't picked up at the at Charlie's yet. But and substitution for it, Monkey Forty Seven is a very, very great substitute as far as just a really good, high quality gin. Right. It's a gin-based cocktail, and it reminisces a lot of the same lines as an old fashioned. But what we did instead of doing a standard simple syrup was we actually used uh, lemon peels. It's kind of like the not quite the hood cello quality, uh, but we actually took lemon peels and boiled them down with the actual sugar in the, the water and actually made our own kind of lemon simple syrup. So it has a very good citrus kind of quality nice. to it. Uh, and it was two and a half ounces of, of Monkey 47 gin. It was and it almost, Oof. it was three quarters of an ounce of, the, of the, the simple syrup that was actually with the citrus in there. And then finally, Angostura bitters and no cherry. We, we, there's no need for a cherry, but we actually did a lemon peel rather than an orange peel on it. Okay. It was very light, very citrus, very botanical, and it was it was really nice as far as just a good sipping cocktail over a large cube. I imagine nice. I imagine the uh, the lim- the citrus simple syrup would take the edge off of that gin. Oh, it definitely did. Like, but you can still taste it. It's like when you you don't want to overpower the the gin. You want to be able to taste all the things going right. on with it because you're not starting you with a, that a trash gin. You're, yeah. you're starting well, with something just like we were saying earlier that the the lemon and the sugar would probably fill in all those gaps that would make it feel very abrasive to your palate. That's the word. Out. That's what I was trying to say. This is why we do. A That's podcast. what I'm here for. Thanks, Dale. Yeah, uh, <laughs> sounds delicious. Yeah. Perfect. And. Uh, Drew, you're over at um, Earl's the same nights. Earl's, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Boom. I am normally at the brewery all the goddamn time except for Monday and Sunday and Friday, but I am going to be gone for a week. That's it. And, uh, Pop in, wax a bottle. Tyski. Which... Uh, lately, I've had Mondays and Tuesdays off, so every other day. So every other day, at least? Yeah. Find over at Cafe Tutu Tango. Yeah. Go visit him on a brunch and be nice to him. That's what yeah. we really want. No brunches? Oh my oh, man. man. My man. Yeah. Go well when you when you can stop doing brunches, you've really like achieved some high level class you in have the, ascended. the service industry world where you no longer have to deal with brunch people. I tell you what, if you if you treat him nice, he'll he'll try to sneak you a free espresso. Because you know that shit ain't cheap. 
Boom. <laughs> a used Four people get I was a supposed to go this way, but no, free we espresso this out of the same pod. But. Yeah. <laughs> the last person, the, the last espresso goes to the one you like the least. If you tip me 20 bucks, I'll let you suck the pod. <laughs> <laughs> you can just snort that bitch. I'll get a spoon and get a lighter in the back. Split it open. We can line it up together. Yeah. On the patio. God damn it. Why isn't there any light bulbs in the bathroom? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I definitely they kept putting I, those blue ones in and I couldn't find the vein. <laughs> oh, God damn it. On that note, uh, thanks for listening in. Broken yeah. Strings, I'm going to plug them one more time because it is our home. Absolutely. And we love it here. And this is where I actually make money. And uh, we got a couple more releases coming out. We got that kettled sour we were talking about. Pretty soon about. we'll make some money off off of this. Yeah. Maybe if you'd stop running into the microphone, more people would listen. No one heard that. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, um, yeah, thanks for listening in. And uh, that, that kettled sour is coming out at the end of the month. And yes. so is the old Blue Eyes edition of the liquid vinyl. Yeah. Yes. And hopefully you're talking about that. Um, that is a barrel-aged liquid vinyl, right? Correct. So hopefully we can also get that barrel-aged Folk and Fable red wine. Ooh, do a double. Let's do it. Let's get weird. Double dipping. Ooh. Uh. All right. Episode 24. In the books. We'll see you 25.